Hello, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. I'm Carly McBride, Marketing Program Manager and your host for this week. June is here, and we are celebrating Pride Month. It's an important time to recognize the impact the LGBTQ community makes on the restaurant and food service industry. As COVID-19 restrictions are lifted across the country, restaurant employees and customers will celebrate with pre-Pride Parade brunches, a quick bite before a festival, or dinner and a cold drink after a summer concert. Restaurants play a key part of this experience, and our industry welcomes everyone to the table. I'm excited to welcome today's guest, Michaela Mendelson. Michaela is the CEO of Los Angeles-based Pollo West Corporation, which is one of the largest El Pollo Loco franchises on the West Coast. She understands the stigma associated with being a transgender person. She transitioned from male to female in 2006 and is an advocate of women, especially those who identify as transgender. Mendelssohn says one of the most important things she does is try to improve the working environment and career opportunities for transgender employees. Michaela, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. We're so excited to share your story. So let's get started. To start us off, uh, can you please introduce yourself and tell us a bit more about your professional and personal story? Well, my name is Michaela Mendelssohn, and I did start working in restaurants at the age of 15 as a dishwasher in a pizza joint, kind of grew up uh, working in my dad's. Uh, uh, shortly after, uh, a couple of years later, my dad opened a few pizza parlors with a, uh, some partners and worked in his stores for a few years. So that was my first introduction to the restaurant business. But I started my first business out of my parents' garage when I was 21, which was coin-operated games and vending machines. And Within about eight years, it became the largest company of its kind in California. And then when the, when the game business kind of died down because of home games, I looked for something different. And I thought, well, what do I know? People all tell me, well, don't get in the restaurant business because that's too hard. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's what I knew. And uh, I was uh, happened to be uh, my favorite restaurant at that time, happened to be El Pollo Loco. This was back in the mid-'80s. So uh, I decided to check into it, checked in with several other brands, and decided to start with El Pollo Loco. Opened my first restaurant in uh, 1988, owned 17 El Pollo Locos uh, along the way since, uh, since that first. I point out kind of a fact that's kind of interesting to some people, especially to the women in the crowd, and that is that I became successful as a white privileged male and then transitioned about 12 years ago into uh, as Michaela and have continued my successful career. But I, I need to point out that uh, I actually became successful as a male persona and that did influence, I think, my level of success. Very good. Thank you for sharing that. That leads really nicely into my next question. So what was the impact on your work and your career when you started your transition? Well, interesting enough, and, and I actually was the feature of a piece in the Atlantic magazine because they were looking for um, people who had transitioned late in life and who had been successful as a man and then as a woman in the workplace. One of the things I pointed out was that uh, after I transitioned and went back into the boardroom or other important you know, high-level meetings with a lot of people there, I noticed that um, my 
I wasn't heard quite the same way as I was before when I was speaking as a man. So I do notice that there was a difference that, uh, that I had to work harder to get my ideas heard. And sometimes later in the meeting, another person, a man, would come up with the idea and, and it would be brilliant. <laughs> so I think it's a challenge for women in the workplace. I, I think what I found, though, is that after about two years of kind of, it took me to really kind of find my voice as a woman in the workplace and find my confidence and coming from the authentic part of myself, I really feel now I'm even more effective because I'm authentic to who I always felt I was. I think that comes through. Let me just put it that way. And so I feel very confident now. But I, I wouldn't say it hasn't been a factor. There's been bumps along the way where I've noticed I've been treated differently and um, depending on the person who is of authority maybe that I'm dealing with and what their particular feelings are about the LGBT community or about transgender women. Got it. You are not only a CEO, but you are the founder of an incredible organization called Trans Can Work. So tell me a little bit more about how you develop this organization um, and the support it provides to the transgender community. I will say the experience that I brought to a nonprofit came from my uh, participation in other nonprofits. I've been on the board of the Trevor Project for about six years, seven years, which uh, is the LGBT organization that is mission is to eradicate suicide in LGBTQ youth. And uh, that's an amazing organization. I helped them grow uh, from 5 million to 45 million in yearly revenues. And they're, they've increased their um, their reach tremendously. I learned through that organization, learned through being on Mayor Garcetti, LA Mayor Garcetti's uh, Workforce Development Board, uh, which um, is in charge of over $100 million a year that goes towards workforce development in Los Angeles, uh, on the Williams Institute Board that deals with research on LGBTQ matters throughout the world as UCLA Law. So through those experiences, that really helped me in understanding how to develop Transco work. And the Transco work came out of the hiring I was doing in my own restaurants of hiring transgender employees. Our first transgender employee that we knew of, other than myself, hired in our restaurants was about nine years ago, and her name was Christy. When I heard the horrible story of how she'd been treated in the restaurant she'd worked in previously, I decided that I needed to do more to help. So I started to hire more transgender employees in my restaurants. You know, I still uh, am a parent, actually support two families, uh, and uh, was concerned about, you know, my business, my employees. You know, I, I still want to make sure that this worked properly. I would have to say it was a great experience because in the restaurant business, we have such diverse workforces, right? 70, 80% nationwide. We're talking about people of color or let's say, people of diversity that we hire in our restaurants, um, including um, most of the franchise owners, especially in the state of California. So workers had each other's back. The customers actually loved the new relationships they were getting to have with people they had never realized maybe that they had ever met a transgender person before. They were developing friendly relationships with employees and Customers would tell me constantly how it was opening their hearts and minds. That was wonderful. The employees, in many cases, came to us with very low self-esteem 
because of how they've been treated in the workplace. But to watch Dale grow as they were they got this level footing in the workforce, maybe for the first time, and maybe for the first time supported in their true gender identity, and to watch every day as they saw themselves mirrored in the customer's treatment of them, it was amazing to see their lives and how they were growing as, as people and succeeding in their lives and things changing. So I thought, well, this is something I need to do more globally or at least nationally. And so we started Transcan Work, and the basis of Transcan Work was to work with, originally it was with restaurants, but now it's with all corporations uh, and industries throughout the country, to open culturally supportive spaces in their businesses to hire and support the people they hire. And then we, we learned the workforce development part of it. So we represent thousands of job seekers that we help place in the jobs with companies that we work with, that we make sure that they're ready to hire. In the restaurant industry, I'd say there's been at least a couple hundred people we've placed in jobs. But in total, it's been over a thousand in the last three, four years. And we're growing. We're tiny, really, right now. But we've just gotten some amazing support from the state of California to continue to grow. And we've got this new partnership with HRC, Human Rights Commission campaign, that to do national job fairs. So we see that is going to expand dramatically over the next couple of years. That's absolutely incredible and major bravo to you for using your role uh, within your company to help support this community. I was going to ask how many employees you've been hired or have been hired into restaurant jobs through that organization. You said it's it's quite significant at this point. What would you suggest other employers and operators can do to hire and support the LGBTQ community? Well, first of all, you know, I, I think the talent pool is is good or better than any other talent pool. And so I want to dispel any possible stereotypes that might say these aren't people we want to hire. But on the other hand, I think most of the hiring doesn't happen because people are uncomfortable, like how to deal with it, how to deal with pronouns, and how to deal with, um, you know, the name change, and, and just, just any issues that come with it. And it's pretty much common sense of how to just treat people properly and care about who they are. But in any community in throughout the country, at least the larger communities, there will be organizations that can help you train. And we certainly at Transcan Work would love to be a part of that and helping you train uh, employees and then helping you connect with people. The unemployment rate in the transgender community nationwide is three to four times as high as others. And so there's a large pool of people unemployed to hire from. So I think if, if you make it known that you are friendly to the LGBTQ community or the trans community, we do, uh, we do give you a logo on your website that says we welcome everyone as a transgender flag and colors once you're trained. But, you know, you can go to your local LGBTQ centers or other organizations and, and tell them you want to hire. But, you know, if you're uncomfortable, if you'd like training, by all means, um, it's it's fairly straightforward. We did help pass along California SB 396 that in, that in California, a certain part of the managing training that's done every two years does include uh, LGBTQ issues on gender identity and sexual expression. So that that's somewhat covered, but you may want to cover it more in depth even if you're in California.
the National Restaurant Association Educational Foundation and Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance celebrate Pride Month and the countless contributions the LGBTQ community makes to our industry every day. As the nation's second largest private sector employer, our industry proudly welcomes people from all backgrounds. Together, we open doors of opportunity, advance futures, and uplift our communities. Follow along all month as we share restaurant pride stories from across the country at chooserestaurants.org. The organization that you started, um, I believe, was started several years ago. So over those years, have you seen significant changes on uh, how the industry supports and embraces this community? Well, in 2018, I was one of the three people that was the national face of diversity for the National Restaurant Association. So I appreciated that recognition, and I, I think it's symbolized, and I've heard more from that you know, they want to focus on this more, that the doors are opening. You know, it's interesting. When I go to speak to large groups of restaurant uh, owners, what I find is, you know, they don't care so much your orientation as they do whether or not what your attitude is. You want to come to work, are you serious about it, and do you have expertise or are you willing to learn? And so I think also there's just been so much more education and openness about the transgender community across the country. I think that helps. So, yeah, I think there's an openness there. I say the hiring will increase as people get more comfortable with just any issues that they might be concerned about, about how to deal with the employees they're bringing into their workforce. But I've got to tell you that your fellow employees, at least my experience, will, will welcome you know, this one more diversity and will, will help and respect those transgender employees that you bring to your workforce. Exactly. And very, very exciting for Trans Can Work. Uh, this year, you're partnering with the Human Rights Campaign for the national tour of TGI job fairs across the country. So can you tell us a little bit more about these job fairs and the opportunity they bring uh, for restaurants? Sure. Well, um, we've got five cities on tap. The first one is going to be, uh, it'll be likely the first week in July, but we're nailing down the date right now. And then every two months after, we'll be doing another job fair. And the job fairs will, will be in Los Angeles, Washington, D.C., you know, I don't have the, the names of all the cities at my fingertips. I believe Philadelphia. But as we get successful, and I'm sure we are, we're setting up a great team of people to do these virtual job fairs, at least virtual for now. There's going to be great opportunities for restaurants that are hiring to come into the job fairs, for the vendors that supply our restaurants, you know, people like Pepsi-Cola, Coca-Cola, the food suppliers, Really, we, we really welcome everyone to come in and, and get involved. Uh, and as part of that involvement, you will get trained. The training as part of being involved in the work in the work fairs uh, will be helping you with uh, all of the issues you need to know about hiring and supporting your transgender employees. So uh, we're, we've done a number of job fairs in person. The only one we've done virtual ourselves with HRC was in partnership with Atlanta and Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. And that was last August, and there will be another one this August. That was incredibly successful. There were uh, over 1,100 transgender applicants, over 80 em- employers in the jobs there. We may start splitting them up into two days because that was quite a bit for one day. 
That's tremendous. Um, you said that the job fairs are kicking off. I think you, I believe you said in July. So how can our listeners participate and hire some of these high skilled workers? So thank you for um, that question. Uh, we will um, go to transcanwork.org to get more information about what we do, but we will have a link uh, very soon in the next week or two to a webpage that is strictly on the job fairs. And we'll give you all the information you need to participate and sponsor in the job fairs. And uh, we'd love to have you participate. We'd also love to have you learn more about what we do and take advantage of our training. We also work off donations. We'd also love any donations you like. Very good. And I'll be sure that we put the Trans Can Work site in our show notes um, and any other links or information that we can uh, bring to our listeners about this, um, this great organization. So looking forward, what do you hope our audience takes away from hearing your story today? I hope that you'll become an ally of the transgender community. There's a segment I should point out that there's, our community is a large spectrum. It also includes what we consider non-binary. And that is actually the fastest growing segment by far of the whole LGBTQ community. And in most areas of the country now, youth actually have the opportunity for full freedom of expression. And in many states like California, uh, they even on driver's license or all other applications, there's a, there's a third box. So male, female, and non-binary. And the Williams Institute, which I mentioned earlier through UCLA Law, their statistics in California and similar throughout the nation show that over 25% of the youth, 12 to 17, are now in some important way identifying as non-bias, as we call it gender non-conforming. So it's a train that's already left the station and we should all as restaurateurs, especially if we want to keep up with being able to hire successfully, understand that segment of the community that's going to grow dramatically into the workforce. So we want you to be allies, but we want you to do it. As a restaurateur myself, I say, do it for yourself. Do it to not only be a better citizen but and human being, but to also be more successful in your business. And it's it's just all the surveys, surveys to all the different uh, JD powers, etc. Uh, make it are so obvious that the large 75-80% of youth these days, 20 under 25, are want to work in supportive environments uh, that are supportive of the LGBTQ community. So do it for your business, do it for yourself. And do it for the rest of your staff so they see that acceptance across the board. Right. And it makes you more successful also because you are representing the customers better. You are representing the diversity of the people that you serve, and they will appreciate it as well. Most definitely. Michaela, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today and share your story. It's been a real pleasure to speak with you. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Take care. The National Restaurant Association Educational Foundation and Multicultural Food Service and Hospitality Alliance celebrate Pride Month and the countless contributions the LGBTQ plus community makes to our industry every day. As the nation's second largest private sector employer, our industry proudly welcomes people from all backgrounds. Together, we open doors of opportunity, advance futures, and uplift our communities. 
Follow along all month as we share restaurant pride stories from across the country at chooserestaurants.org. Thanks so much for listening to Order Up, the podcast from the National Restaurant Association. Follow us on your favorite podcast player and find out more at restaurant.org slash podcasts. Episode produced by Dante32.